I'm going to read today out of Psalms chapter 11. Psalms chapter 11. Now, one of the things that the Bible says in Psalms chapter 11, it says, in my Bible, it says, to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. Not every Psalm of the 150 Psalms, not all the Psalms that are in the Bible were written by David. Some of the Psalms were written by Moses. Some were written by one of the worship leaders named Asaph. There were Psalms that were written by various people, but this is one of David's Psalms, King David. And it says it was written to the chief musician. So in other words, this was actually written to be a song. It was written to be something that maybe they would have chanted it more than sing it. Maybe it was like a, I don't know if David did reggae or not. Maybe it was like a reggae rap. I don't know. I don't know if he had like a Bob Marley in him or not, but I just know it was to the chief musician and I'm not going to attempt to sing it, but I want to read these verses, but particularly verse number three, and then I'm going to work my way from verse number one through four. But verse number three makes this statement. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Here's what's amazing. There have been times in my life that that I got in the middle of situations where I knew I was encountering a, a trial or a difficulty or I had to fight a battle. Sometimes in your life, you have to step into a moment that you know is a battle and you believe it's worth fighting. There's some things I think is worth fighting for. A marriage is worth fighting for. A business is worth fighting for. There's certain things that you contend for. If you're a believer today and your children aren't born again, it's worth stepping into the arena to fight for them. But what do you do when Amazon drops a battle at your front door that you weren't expecting, you weren't asking for, you didn't, you didn't desire to participate with? What happens when a battle chooses you? See, I think really in reality, 40 days ago, nobody I know in America chose this battle. Nobody said, let's go see if we can take on a pandemic. Nobody in the world did that. And what we need to recognize tonight is, listen, the reality is, is that this pandemic chose us as a battle. It's global. 200 nations almost are affected by it. So we think of how it's affecting us in America and us in particular here in Oklahoma City. But can you imagine what it's doing in India? What's it doing in African nations that don't even have healthcare systems? What's it doing in nations of the world where people live in slum areas one on top of the other? It, they didn't choose it. It chose them. What do you do when a battle chooses you? See, there's some of you, you didn't choose to be home. The battle chose you. You didn't choose to become a homeschool teacher, but the battle chose you. You didn't choose to say, I got to rearrange my budget because now I'm not working. You didn't choose that. It chose you. It's what happened to David in Psalms chapter 11. And what happens is in verse number one, he makes this statement. He says, I have put my trust in the Lord. In the Lord, I put my trust. He's literally just, watch this. I'm going to leave that verse on the screen for just a minute. I'm putting my trust in the Lord because throughout my life, I've proven him. 
See, David, when he was a young man, he was a shepherd boy. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to sign up to be king. The Lord chose him. And when he became king, everybody wasn't happy, including his employer. Because when David killed Goliath, the very man that gave him permission to do it got jealous of him. And so David spends the next 13 years of his life, 14 years of his life, being a fugitive. He would have to sleep in caves. He would have to hide. And he would gather, he gathered men everywhere he went. But he never had any night where he would know what the outcome of the next day would be. Because he spent his life on the run from one thing after another. So during that season, here's what he said. He said, I've learned how to put my trust in the Lord. In uncertain times, when nothing seemed to be predictable, I've learned how to trust in the Lord. And then he begins to talk in this verse. Watch this. He begins to talk about people that begin to give him advice. They were saying to him, how can you say now to my soul? He said, how can my friend say to my soul, flee as a bird to the mountain? Maybe some of you have got friends that have told you, you ain't ever getting out of this. We're done. This was friend's advice. You ever had a battle show up at your house and your friends tell you, why don't you just leave? Get out of here. Don't put up with that. It's not worth the fight. And he literally uses this term, why don't you flee like a bird to the mountain? In other words, like when you walk through your yard and a bird may be eating a seed in the ground, but when you walk towards him, he flutters away because he's afraid. Why? Because he just, he's just like, I don't want to deal with this person coming towards me. Sometimes in life, we just want to flutter away from the very things that show up at our front door. I believe I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't know who you are by name, but I know I'm talking to somebody. You've had this overwhelming feeling. I need to get out of here. I didn't choose this battle, but for some reason it chose me. But here's what David said. He said, how can you say to my soul, my soul? He's saying, why do you play with my emotions? Why do you keep telling me to make emotional decisions? Listen to me closely, ladies and gentlemen. One of the greatest disasters you can ever do in your life is to make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. I'm going to say that one more time. You can do more damage to your life if you make permanent decisions based on a temporary circumstance. See, this pandemic will soon pass. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It won't be here forever. This is a part of history, but it's not going to be every history, all of history. It's a part of history. But here's what's going to be a tragedy. If in this moment in history, you make decisions that affect all of your history. Don't make permanent decisions based on a temporary circumstance. He said, flee to the mountain. It was like they was giving him all kinds of advice. You know what Charles, Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher of preachers, said about this statement? When he said, flee to the mountain, here's what David said. He said, I would rather dare the danger than to distrust the master. Wow. I'm going to say that again. He said, I would rather dare the danger than distrust the master. In the next verse, in verse number two, they looked at him and said this. They said, David, they have already, the wicked have already bent their bows. They've made ready their arrows in the sling. 
that they can shoot secretly at the upright in heart. In other words, they've said to him, David, they've got a gun to your head. You're done, bud. Do you know, I've, I've talked to business people. I've got business people sitting on this stage with me. I've talked to business people that have said, I didn't just lose a paycheck. I've got a business that's gone. And you know what? You can get this overwhelming feeling. I got a gun to my head. I'm under such pressure. I've got to make a decision. I feel like there's nowhere to go. And they said, the arrow has already been drawn back, David. And he said, they're going to shoot at you secretly. One translation says it's going to shoot at you out of darkness. It's going to come out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting that. Wonder what a, I wonder how many people in this room tonight will say, you know what? I've got all kinds of fears going on because I don't know where these arrows are coming from. I didn't expect them to come to me out of darkness. But here's what I know. Get ready. And he said, here's what they said to him. David, if the foundations are destroyed, what do the righteous do? And the amazing thing about that word foundation there, it's the Hebrew word for society's order the order of social society of life he wasn't he would he wasn't talking about the foundations of the kingdom because foundations of the kingdom are not going to be destroyed he's talking about the order of society can you can you just picture in your mind like a big building that's got pillars like many of our big buildings in dc and other places well we, our nation's been built on certain pillars Eco economy education family life, freedoms. All of a sudden, all that's shaken. And they were saying to David, David, if all that gets shaken, what are the righteous going to do? If you've ever had foundational problems with a house, I mean, you know, a home can be hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment. You don't pay, I pull in my driveway and one of the things I never think about is my foundation. I, I pull in and look, see if the window's broke. I make sure the shutters are in place. I want to look on my roof, see if my shingles are okay. I never pull in my driveway and think about my foundation until, until it cracks or until it begins to decay or fall apart. Then I begin to do everything in my power because if my foundation's gone, it may only be a few thousand dollars of the project. But hundreds of thousands is going to be wasted and lost if my foundation is gone. So they said to David, David, your foundations are already, they're, they're gone. You don't have any reason to base, you don't have anything to base your life on. You don't have any foundation to stand on. Can, you, can, can I tell you what I think? There's some people that believe the news report today is this. Well, Christians are all fleeing back to their Christian communities. They're going to retreat back inside the walls of their church. Atheists are plotting their demise. The leftists are trying to end religion in America. There's nothing you can do. The foundation's been destroyed. There are actually some people that believe that Washington, D.C. is the one that gives us permission to worship. Can I challenge that in your mind? 
The reality is if Washington decided tomorrow that we can't worship, I still got a song inside of my heart. And there's still a reason for us to get together and say, we will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be in my mouth. They don't give me permission. I may have rights and I'm grateful for them. But at the end of the day, my foundation is not built on a political system. It's not built on my nationality. It's not built on my ethnicity or the denomination I'm a part of. My foundation is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So you know what David says back to them? And I'm almost done. I can't, I, I'm about to shout. I'm about to run by myself. Listen, here's what David says back to them. They said, David, the enemies have already got their arrows in place. They're all going to shoot arrows at you out of darkness. There's no reason for you to show up to the battle. Flee to the mountains. Your foundations are destroyed. What do you think the righteous can do now? And David looks back at them, and here's what he said. The Lord is in his holy temple. Oh, and his throne is in the heaven. Wow. Do you know what that means? That means everything around you may have moved, but God didn't. The Lord is in the same place he was before this pandemic started. Is that good news? The Lord is in his holy temple. And then he makes this incredible statement. His throne is in the heavens. You know what that means? That means the throne is a seat of authority. It's the place where decisions and decrees can be made. When, when a king or a queen goes to sit on their throne they don't sit on their throne to drink tea they go to the kitchen the dining room the grand hall to drink tea they don't go to the throne if you've ever been to england and visited the throne where the queen has been coordinated and for a thousand years kings before her were coordinated on that same bench it's not comfortable but when they go to that throne they go there to make decrees they go there to make declarations they go there to make decisions that nobody can reverse and here's what he said watch this he said my throne is not in the middle of your problem my throne transcends your problem my throne is in the heavens I am touched by your feelings but I'm not moved by your problem because I transcend it. I'm above it. Hallelujah. There may be chaos swimming everywhere around your life, but God says my authority has not got caught up in the chaos. My authority is above your chaos. My authority is above your emotion. My authority is above your fear. My throne is above the sickness that's trying to attack your body. I can make decrees that transcend the fact that your job doesn't exist anymore. The world may have told you you're unemployed, but my throne can declare I can supply everything you need. 
So when every advisor was saying, flee to the mountains, get out of here. Run for your life. David said back to them, you say, because you think society's foundations have been shaken, that the righteous are now in a helpless position? I want to say back to you. This is what he said. I want to say back to you. My foundation has not been shaken because the Lord's in the same place. He has the same authority. His name is still authoritative in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. So here's what I want to say back. What can the righteous do? I'd rather say, what can't the righteous do? The righteous can do anything God says they can do. I can survive a pandemic. I can overcome difficulties. I can live through adversity because God's strong has not been shaken and then he makes this unbelievable statement he said his eyes his eyelids are examining the hearts of men watch this he's not looking you over to find out what's wrong with you he says I'm scrutinizing That's what the word there means. He says, I'm scrutinizing everything going on in your life. So every place you're weak, I can make you strong. So every place you're deficient, I can be more than enough. Glory. For every place that you feel threatened, I can become a shield and a buckler. Do you know what this pandemic did? And we're getting ready to sing a song that said that when Moses and all of Israel was afraid, God opened the Red Sea for them. You want to know why? Because the Lord sees. Somebody needs to hear that. You feel like you are a nameless face that nobody even sees where you're at. But I want you to hear something tonight. His eyelids scrutinize the affairs of men. He sees you. You say, how does he know where I'm at? He not only knows where you live, he knows your address, he knows your name, he knows the hairs that are on your head. And here's what he says, I'm just in the midst of this trial finding out what really is deficient in your own heart so that I can step into the middle of your affairs and become everything you need. Can I say something to you? Will you keep loving me? This pandemic did not create fear. It revealed it. This pandemic did not create anxiety as much as it revealed that anxiety was in us. We had built our life on faulty foundations. And when all those foundations got shaken... See, if if my foundation is my title or my job or my friend's approval, then I probably am very anxious and fearful and maybe even discouraged. And God didn't say, shame on you. That's terrible. Shame on you. He's just saying, Tony, Daniel, Crescinda, Josh, I see that. I see that. And one of the verses that I love so much, guys, is this. He said, 
And David wrote this. He said, he is mindful of the fact that I'm but dust. He knows that I'm, I have human experiences that sometimes make me doubt, especially when I didn't choose the battle, but the battle chose me. So here's what I'm closing with. There was a king named Jehoshaphat. Same thing happened to him. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was, I mean, Judah was going and blowing. Everything was boom. I mean, they were, if they had a stock market, it was exploding. If they had a culture, it was moving well. And all of a sudden, the Bible says Jehoshaphat got up one day and three nations had gathered together in an alliance to come against him and Judah. And they snuck around the bottom of the Dead Sea and began to come up from the Dead Sea. And they got as far as En Gedi before anybody even knew they were coming. From En Gedi to Jerusalem, where the king lived, was about a day's march. It was only 25 miles. And he finally got word, you got an enemy. Not an enemy, you got three of them that are coming. Well, how long do I have to prepare? Can I strategize? Can I make sure I get some savings in place before this enemy shows up? No, no, no. They'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow. And Jehoshaphat said, you know what? I don't have time to strategize, but I know who can solve all these problems. And the Bible says he called for a fast, and he called out for everybody to pray and seek God. And in the middle of seeking God, here's what God said to him. Go out tomorrow. And station yourself. Show up and see the salvation of the Lord. For the battle is not yours, it belongs to God. I came to tell somebody today you need to show up. Don't flee to the mountain. Don't check out. Don't throw in the towel. Don't run away from this. You didn't choose this battle, it chose you. But you show up in the middle of the battle. And when you show up, Here's what God says. You have no need to fight in this battle, for the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. I want to pray for you. In just a moment, I want to pray. I don't want you to go anywhere. I want us to sing this song, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to lead you in prayer. Because I want you to know I'm not a child of fear. I'm not a slave to fear. I'm not going to be manipulated by fear. i got a great big God who is on his throne in his holy temple. And it supersedes and transcends everything I've been feeling. Listen to this, and then we're going to pray. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. Till all my fears are gone And I'm no longer a slave to fear For I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear for I am a child of God And from my mother's womb 
question to you right now where you're at no matter where you're at watching this service what does it mean for you to be rescued what is it that has you trapped that you need to be rescued out of what battle chose you that you need a deliverer who has the authority and the power the love the concern and the compassion to pick you up and rescue you out of it. The old songwriter said, he reached way down for me. See, there's sometimes that battles choose us that we're so overwhelmed by them that we don't even know how far down we've gone. But I got great news for you tonight. He's a rescuer. He reaches down and he picks you up.